Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. The goal of these discussions is to encourage your search for the God of heaven. We hope that you enjoy the thoughts here and that they provoke some further investigation. Again, thank you for listening. Why did I choose the Bible? This is a legitimate question. It is a confusing world. There are many sources of wisdom, differing philosophies, and value systems out there. Some have only a few disciples, while others have followers numbering in the millions. Some promote their teaching with celebrities, while others back their claim with violence or intimidation. It is easy in this vast noise to confuse or assume that the Bible message is just another voice in this confusing chorus. But that is not a correct understanding of the Bible message or its uniqueness. And the Bible is unique. Its ability to stand apart is one of the reasons that I chose the Bible message for the guidance of my life. Let me share with you a couple of examples. Let's work through a little mind experiment. In the past 300 years, there have been dozens, if not hundreds, of religions or quasi-religions or cult followings established around the world. Some have had very limited success in attracting followers, while others have been very successful. Some have quickly fallen into ruin, such as Jim Jones or David Koresh, while others continue to have followings to some degree or another. Those men and women that began these groups either wrote books or taught philosophies that influenced countless people. And while they diverge greatly in basic philosophies, practice, and values, the teachings and the teachers themselves have some things in common. Picture for a moment that we could place them all in one large conference room together. What would the conversation be like? We really don't even have to guess about the conversation because of what they wrote or what their followers have said. They would be pointing at one another and shouting that all the others were wrong and that they were the only ones that were right. From Joseph Smith to L. Ron Hubbard, each would claim some special knowledge, some unique insight and authority to establish, build, and promote their own brand of spirituality. Their insistence on this special authority may be the only common ground that they have, but no consensus on who truly has it. Also, if the movement survives the death of the original founder, the later leadership will change or repudiate some of the original teachings, the teachings that were supposedly infallible. In contrast to the single or limited author model that is almost universal, the origins of the Bible writings are very different. In contrast to the previous groups, the Bible contains 66 books and was written by about 40 authors. These authors lived or traveled across three continents, spoke or wrote in at least three languages. They were a diverse group that included a Greek physician, a soldier, a king, a couple of fishermen, a taxman, a farmer, and a formally trained religious teacher. Some were rich, some were poor. Some wrote poetry, while others wrote histories, while others wrote letters to friends. Some contributed short books of just a few verses long, addressing a specific point in time, while others wrote sweeping histories, dozens of chapters long. 
Some wrote in times of peace, while others wrote in times of war, and some even wrote from prisons or prisoner-of-war camps. Let us now place the writers of the Bible in a conference room and see what happens. But among all of this diverse backgrounds and education and various experiences and vast locations, the writers not only agree with the work of the others, but they often refer back to the other authors to corroborate their point, going as far as quoting them. There is no squabbling about credit or the genuine nature of the message. They agree with both the details and the main story threads in the Bible as well. If you have ever worked with a group or team, you have experienced the difficulty of achieving complete unity of thought or action. It is almost impossible. The more diverse the members, the more diverse the thoughts, ideas, and objectives. Think about this. It is unlikely that any author that wrote a book that is included in the Bible canon was in the same room when another of the books was being written by a fellow author. There are a number of reasons we know this, and we will talk about those in a moment. But if I was going to write a single document that required the agreement of 40 people, it would almost be a requirement to get them in a room together and discuss it. Yet that unity of agreement was achieved in the Bible story. But the unity story goes well beyond 40 people agreeing on something. One reason we know that these authors did not collaborate with each other is because they lived far apart in time. One recent author that has claimed a unique spiritual insight is L. Ron Hubbard. Without discussing the details of Dianetics or the Church of Scientology, let's just examine the time frame. Hubbard served in the U.S. Navy during the Second World War. That means that there are still people alive today that were his contemporaries. His book, Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health, was first published in 1950. The history of his movement begins there. There was no book written decades before pointing to the coming of his book or acknowledged by Hubbard as directly associated with his ideas. Not only does Hubbard stand alone as the author, but he stands alone in time. All of the establishing authors of modern religious thought share this same quality. They wrote in their generation without a connection to others in the past. They are not connected with anyone before them that was directly linked by history or writing. They had no one preparing the way for them. They had no history with others with a like-minded faith or understanding that said, hey, watch for the teacher that will come after me. The Bible is very different. Moses wrote the first books, while John the Apostle wrote the last. In between these two books is not only 38 other authors, but well over 1,500 years separating them. Let me give you an image so that you can see how different this is. Picture a football field. From goal line to goal line represents a timeline covering the last 4,000 years of history. Where does the teachings of the Scientology Church appear? L. Ron Hubbard would walk onto the field and stand only about a foot from the end zone, and he would be alone on that field. 
we could ask each of the founders of modern religious or cult groups to represent their place in the history, and each one would be standing alone on the field, most within five yards of the goal line. Remember, if we put them all out there together, they would be arguing about who was truly the representative of truth. But then, let's ask the writers of the Bible onto the field. The first book of the Bible is Genesis, written more than 3,000 years ago. Beginning on the other side of the field, about 15 yards from the far goal line, stands Moses. A few yards in front of him stands Joshua. In front of him, representing generation after generation, across half the field would be the other 38 writers, until a few yards past the midfield line stands John the Apostle, the last writer in the Bible, each one supporting and acknowledging the authors that went before them, referring to their writings and history, even quoting from them, until we realize that it's really one message, one story they are telling. To complete the image, we ask Jesus to step onto the field. Not every book of the Bible mentions the coming of Jesus, but all represent a moment or element in the telling of his story. Jesus would stand, taking his place in the timeline, almost about midfield, but each Bible writer would be pointing to him. Those that wrote in the older parts would be pointing towards him, anticipating his coming, while the latter writers would be pointing backwards to him, explaining who he is and what he has done and why it's important. Forty writers scattered across distances, cultures, languages, hundreds of years, all telling their part of the story and identity of Jesus. And Jesus, for his part, would be quoting them. The next question must be, how could they do that? How could the story be so united and focused? We will save that question for another podcast. But still, on the other side of the field, the Latter-day Prophets and teachers stand isolated and arguing about they are right and everyone else, including those that wrote in the Bible, are wrong. Who would you believe? Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.